The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is somebody that you know. His name is Tyler Palco, and now he is the Director of Business and Leadership Development for Solutions 21, but you've probably seen him on the football field as an NFL quarterback. He's a natural-born leader who understands leadership from a few important perspectives. I'm eager to hear his views of how his football career led to this career, and thanks to his athletic talents and his knack for leadership, he's led his team to championships, he's set many records, and he's guided his team both on and off the field to a number of important victories. He's a graduate of the University of Pittsburgh, and he's been able to witness and study true world-class performers, and we're going to talk about how you can be world-class in business today, how you can uh, hone your leadership skills, and what it really means to be a true leader. Welcome to the show today, Tyler. Thank you for having me, Kelly. Absolutely. Now, you are the Director of Business and Leadership Development at Solutions 21. What is Solutions 21? Long story short, it's a consulting company. We've been around for 20 years, based in Pittsburgh, Mm -hmm. uh, my hometown. Um, We have offices in Phoenix and Pittsburgh. Uh, now uh, that I live here, uh, we opened up an office here in Kansas City, and we have one in uh, Los Angeles as well. So consulting company, 20 years old, uh, focuses primarily on four things, high-level strategic planning, uh, leadership development, supervisory and managerial uh, training, and succession planning. So um, we uh, we work all over the world. We've mm-hmm. been uh, in 22 countries and, and um, excited to, to try to get into more. Okay, so so a company hires you and you come in and you talk with their team and and you consult with them and talk to us about how the process works. Well, um, really, the the mar- the four pegs or pillars that we stand on really haven't changed, mm-hmm. um, but the market and our um, our customers or uh, people that, that that hire us really have demanded. The market has demanded that we you know, laser focus in on, on uh, leadership development. Um, mm-hmm. People still need to strategically plan. They still need supervisor managerial training and succession planning. Um, but really the, the, the secret, you know, sauce is, is really been leadership development. Companies are really having a hard time attracting, retaining, and developing their young talent. They're having a hard time bridging that gap between mm-hmm. the big baby boom and Gen Xers and, and these millennials in the workforce. And, and really, um, because of how business has evolved, um, the new shiny product isn't the competitive advantage anymore, at least in our opinion. It's, it's you know, how do you keep the person that is going to develop that new shiny product on your team for, you know, 10 to 15 years? And, and um, that that's really how we, we've you know, separated ourselves. But yeah, we, we go in and work with companies mm-hmm. um, and, and really try to dig deep and, and develop a customized plan. 
you know, we're not an off the shelf turnkey every, you know, just what I did for people down the road, I'm going to come in and do for you. Yeah. We're not arrogant enough to think that what, you know, even if it's, you know, Apple, right. What works for Apple is not going to work for Microsoft. I mean, and, and I know that's kind of a, you know, ridiculous example, but you know, every company has things that are unique uh, to their culture, mm-hmm. to their owner, to their their staff, and and um, we really have have found a method and and how to dig deep into that and develop a customized plan to to help you know sustain that that leadership for right. a long period of time. Well, and you said it earlier. You said that you know bridging that gap between the baby boomers and the millennials and and some of the generations in between. And so when you say you can't come in and just provide an off the shelf solution, I would imagine that so much of it is hinged on the mix of those different generations within that company. You know, you just you just can't come in and and uh, offer the same thing to everybody as you said. What led you to this type of work after you retired from football? Well, again, long story short, um, I had an opportunity. I love to play golf. So on the offseason, I always, you know, played golf. I lived in Arizona and had, a, um, you know, an opportunity to play a lot of golf courses and opportunity to play a lot with a lot of golf with some, you know, high, higher sea uh, level people because they're, they're the people that have the golf memberships, I guess. Absolutely. Um, and and I just I was I've always been acquisitive by nature, and I would always ask them, you know, what separates you know you from your competitors, or what what separates you from um, from any other um, CEO or president out there? And and I and I I got a you know a, a bunch of answers, but the big thing that that I saw a big gap was is is the people running companies um, had a hard time with retention, had a hard time with developing their leaders, had a hard time with really, you know, separating themselves from their competitors. And and I said, man, that's, that's crazy because that's how you win in, in sports. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to create a competitive advantage and, and build a team from, you know, homegrown talent and, and maybe through a draft and maybe through a free agent. But, um, and I said, man, I love business. Um, I was really inquisitive to, about, you know, how to do that. And then, um, I wanted to kind of branch off outside of sports. You know, I wanted to kind of get away from from football and sports for a little bit, and and uh, I was going to start my own company. Um, and, but I had an opportunity to have a conversation with our CEO, uh, Buddy Hobart, who's from my hometown in Pittsburgh, and we found out that uh, we were pretty much aligned Solutions Twenty One and and what I wanted to do. And um, here we are now. Yeah, you mentioned Buddy Hobart, and you brought a book today called Gen Y Now, Millennials and the Evolution of Leadership. What are some of the highlights of the book, some of the takeaways? Um, Purely a leadership book. Um, Was talking with Mary earlier about how books have changed now. This is a real leadership book, um, but it's purely leadership. It's it's based basically on, on how to attract, retain, and develop millennial talent in the workforce. Um, we've done a bunch of research, uh, and his co-author, uh, Herb Sendek, is the head basketball coach for Arizona State University. Um, it was, um, it, it's based on, you know, um, how do we, how do we prepare for the next, uh, 30 years of work? And, and because of demographics, right. uh, there's 80 million millennials in the workforce. So, um, by 2025, the global workforce is going to be made up 75% of me. Um, and, and that's uh, something that we need to, to kind of get ready for because 
you know, we're almost 15% of the way into the 21st century and we're still leading in hiring and developing people in 20th century leadership tactics. And not to say that those are bad, but, you know, it's, we're almost yeah, 15% of the way in and, and things changed. and evolved. You know, yeah. I came here to the studio today in a car, not in a horse and buggy. I mean, that's not like a bad thing, but, <laughs> pretty you know, nice car too. <laughs> but, you know, it's, 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 it's evolution. It's how we, mm-hmm. we, we grow as, as people. Yeah. When you talk about the millennials and how we have to change uh, and, and how we bring them up as leaders, what are some of the, we, can't, we could talk about this all day, but what are a few of the key points as a manager or a leader who may be a baby boomer and I'm suddenly finding myself walking through an office that is growing numbers are millennials, how do I need to adjust? Well, the first thing is, is it's, we're not talking about coddling. You know, mm-hmm. we're not talking about, um, you know, well, we have to give millennials everything they want and coddle them, and they want gratuitous pats on the back. That's it's kind of a, a stereotype that's out. A very big stereotype, yeah. and that's what the book does. The book kind of busts those myths, but. Yeah. You know, we're talking about real-time feedback. We're talking about if you're kind of off base in February, get me back on track. You know, when when right you away. see me off track, don't wait till the annual review exactly. to say, you know, well, you've been off track in February, but now I'm so far off base because of the annual review is in is in December, and we have mm-hmm. to wait for the annual review. That makes no sense. Um, we want real-time feedback. We and, and when I say feedback, I don't mean, you know, again, oh, good job, Billy. Yeah. If you do something great, they want to know right now, hey, you did a great job. If you're off pace, we want to say, hey, you know, get me back on track. Show me how to do it. And, and the real big issue is, is that it just wasn't modeled for them. Like mm-hmm. I, I kind of, I relate this to my, my father. He was my coach in high school. It's not his fault that, you know, he, he was raised a certain way. I always asked him why, how can I get better? What's and he didn't, not that he didn't want to answer, it just wasn't built for him. Mm-hmm. He just, why do I have to do this? Well, because I told you to. Exactly. And, and now the, the, the issue is, is that, that pe- people don't know how to, to deal with that. They, they're thinking, well, you're asking me why? What do you mean why? You're challenging, like, my, challenging authority. my authority. Yeah. I just want, I, I, I want clarity. I want clarification. And, and those things, and it's not anybody's fault. It just wasn't built for them. And so comes the coaching point of what we do in with our clients is that's that real one-on-one coach. We help bridge that gap for the managers and supervisors on how to really get the most out of your talent. And then conversely, we work with millennials and and, uh, those younger people in the workforce on how to get the most out of your mentor or your boss or extract that that knowledge. And we talk a lot about knowledge transfer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the knowledge transfer is huge. I, I never remember the statistic, but let's just say that it's well over 50% and probably closer to 75% of the, not just the wealth transfer that's going to occur in the next decade or two, but also just the the management positions, the leadership positions that are going to be transferred because of people, the baby boomers leaving the workforce. And so that knowledge transfer is absolutely huge. And again, we don't have tons of time here today, but when you talk about knowledge transfer, what are a couple of tips that you can provide to our listeners today to help Help with that. Well, f- first of all, uh, and um, Mary and I were talking earlier again when I came in, is that there's no lack of information out there. No, I mean, not at all. I, I Too much, in I, fact. I actually read a pretty cool article, I think, in um, one of your magazines about millennials in the workforce, and 
and there's no lack of information about it. It's no secret that they want things different and that baby boomers are, are different and, and all of, there's all kind of statistics and theory and, but there's really nobody out there um, other than, than, than what we've done to be able to put these systems in place, to be able to customize a system about knowledge transfer. And that comes with, you know, how you pick your mentors, you know, how you pick, how are your managers interacting with millennials? Is it, is it, um, is it, a, is it, are they, are they retaining them? You know, mm-hmm. or, or are they losing them? I mean, because and essentially people quit people, they don't quit companies. So if True. you have bad managers yeah. or bad supervisors that are, going to be bringing these people up, then we need to fix that bottleneck. Or if you have bad, you know, people that don't know how to hire the right millennials, it's not maybe that they're lazy. It's just maybe you made a bad hire and it's Mm -hmm. not a millennial because everyone has the tendency to be lazy. Yeah, every generation. So when we talk about knowledge transfer, we talk about setting up systems of, of how you're really having a, you know, your mentorship program and, 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 you know, are, do people have the time for it, you know, and, and, and that's where the, the one-on-one coaching aspect that, that we bring into, you know, um, play is that we help bridge that gap between, um, all this knowledge from managers and supervisors, but they have a job to do just Mm. like an HR company does. And just like our our HR department or the CEO, the world doesn't stop while you're mentoring. (laughs) So, so we help get those systems in place. And a lot Mm -hmm. of times millennials are used to coaching. If you think about it, you know, if there's a, 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 15-year-old or 12-year-old that shows an aptitude to be a good baseball player, his parents more than likely are going to find a way to go out and get him a hitting coach. Mm -hmm. Or someone shows an act to be a a good singer. Their parents are going to get them some kind of a vocal instruction, right? So we're used to that one-on-one coaching. Well, what kind of society are we, you know, we're training them for that. And then when they get out of, you know, being under mommy and daddy's wing and they go on to the workforce, Suddenly they're just told We're to saying fly and just yeah. the Nike method. Oh, just do it. Exactly. And it makes no sense, right? Um, so that's another way of, of where the where the miscommunication is. Mm-hmm. We're training them for one on one coaching and, and, and instruction and then they get out into the workforce and they're saying, well, what's right. next? Exactly. And that's where, again, the miscommunication, the disconnect, because you may be a baby boomer manager who are looking at them like, well, I had to figure it out. Just, again, just do it. I didn't have any mentoring program. Just figure it out. And if you've got initiative, you will figure it out. So there is that huge disconnect in in many, many cases. Tyler, we need to go to break. When we get back, I'd like to talk about some of the differences between a leader and someone who's just in charge. You're listening to Smart Companies Radio on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life, young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. On December 11th, nourish your body and your business at The Big Breakfast, a quarterly event spotlighting the entrepreneurs featured on the cover of Thinking Bigger Business magazine. They will share stories from their own companies and advice that you can put to work in your business. Plus, you'll meet the staff of Thinking Bigger Business magazine and learn how you can become involved with the only publication in Kansas City that exclusively serves growth-minded small businesses. That's December 11th. Register at IThinkBigger.com. That's IThinkBigger.com. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. 
The difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. Studies prove that reading to a child regularly dramatically improves reading skills. And kids who read well by third grade are four times as likely to graduate. So United Way is calling for one million volunteers over the next three years. We're asking you to step up, make a pledge, tutor a child who needs help, mentor a kid who needs someone on their side, volunteer to read to children, make a difference. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Entire communities improve. The path to success or failure starts long before graduation day. And the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you. Be a reader, tutor or mentor. Give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge. Go to liveunited.org now. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're talking here this morning with Tyler Palco, ex-NFL quarterback and now the Director of Business Development and Leadership Development for Solutions 21, a consulting firm who that, among other things, specializes in leadership development. You were talking before the break about how Solutions 21 doesn't offer an off-the-shelf type of solution because there are so many different types of organizations and so many different people within the organizations. And the millennial generation is one that's getting a lot of attention now. We spent some time talking about that. Let's talk now about the difference between, I guess really the definition of leadership is what it boils down to. You hear so often the word leadership thrown around and it's it's inappropriate really because just because you have the title of manager or just because you are the one who's been appointed to be in charge doesn't mean that you're a leader. So talk to us about that distinction. Well, I'm glad you you brought that up. Actually, we, we talk about le- uh, us as a company directing leadership. Um, leadership means many things to many people. Yes. Um, we help that company if they're having um, trouble defining what they think leadership is. We, we will help them. But leadership is defined by that specific company. And again, we're, we don't come in and say, this is leadership. Mm-hmm. This is what we say it is. Do you know we're gonna we're gonna hit you over the head with this this book and then by the time if you if you wave the white flag you're gonna be a good leader. We talk a lot about directing leadership. The company has to define leadership based on whatever it is that they want to accomplish, um, and that's kind of again wh- where where we differ. Um, leader leadership is not a title. Leadership is not. Um, you know, uh, tenure leadership is not any of the, the, those things. Leadership is, is you know, the process, in, in my mind, of being able to affect, direct, move people um, down a road uh, for the betterment of the team or organization. You know, so anyone can be a leader. And I don't mean to sound cliche that, like, anyone can be a leader, but a leader's not a rah-rah person. It can mm-hmm. be. Leaders are not, you know, the CEO necessarily. You know, anybody can exhibit leadership skills. Now, the more people you have on your team in your organization that exhibit leadership skills, the better your team is going to be. Um, it's just because, it, I mean, it's not the too many Indian or too many chiefs, not enough Indians, but leadership skills are important. And it's not defined just by, you know, the, the owner, the, the, ma- the management team or the ownership team. 
Okay, when you talk about taking them, moving them forward, leading them down the field, or moving them closer to the company's goal, however you want to say it, again, might be a difference between baby boomers and and millennials and the generations in between, but uh, a long time ago, really not that long ago, uh, it, it was fear that drove people, fear of losing your job or fear of not getting that promotion or that salary increase. And so many studies today say that that is not the way to get, that's not the mark of a company that exhibits true leadership. What what works? What are the best? Some of the best methods if and those again, don't work. It, it, it depends. I mean, I hate to say the consultant approach, but again, it depends because fear is a great motivator, and we're not. You know, no one says that fear is not something that that works. Maybe it works for. Susie down the street, maybe it doesn't work for, for me. You know, I, I don't, but again, the, the way that you can, you know, help expedite that process in your team is to find out really what motivates mm-hmm. and what demotivates somebody on your team. And that, that all comes from, from leadership skills. So now, you know, that, that idea of, you know, getting that, that pay raise isn't worth for a millennial, isn't worth the lack of time that we need to spend with our family. So for example, you know, millennials get this bad rap of saying, well, five o'clock, you better watch. Tyler's going to pull a hamstring leaving you know, the building because it's five <laughs> o'clock. Right. But but again, back, you know, that that's not necessarily true, because maybe I'm going to pick my daughter up from from school or maybe I'm going to, to watch her at a dance recital. And that's not to, to mean that that I'm not going to open my laptop open at 10 o'clock when I put her to bed and get, you know, two hours of work done. Like so. um being present doesn't equal working hard, you know, so, and that's not necessarily a sign of leadership. So just because I'm first in last out doesn't necessarily make me the hardest worker. Right. Um, and again, those are hard things to overcome because again, baby boomers were taught that and my father was taught that you'd be the first one in and the last one out. Well, why, if I can get stuff done, be able to see my family and it, it just doesn't make sense, you know? So again, there's, there's, and, and again, not to say that putting hours in isn't, isn't important. If, if those hours are spent doing, you know, things that are going to help produce Mm -hmm. for whatever the company is. Well, and again, some of that, what you just said, goes back to the disconnect. The baby boomer, maybe your father, he didn't have the advantage of firing up a laptop at 10 o'clock at night and having that technology uh, plug him into the company's server so that he could get work done. So he had to be there physically present at his desk and, and perhaps hasn't, not your father particularly, but hasn't kept up with the times that th- this is now a viable option. There's no real reason. And if I'm a happier employee and I'm, I'm producing, then who cares if I leave at five o'clock to pick my child up? And that's a, that's a big, big issue is that people don't have that those systems in place to be able to bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. It, it, and, but it's a two-way street now. Now, if I open my laptop up and try to finish my, my project at 10 o'clock at night, my boss isn't going to respond to me if I have a, pro- a question at 1030 or 11 o'clock at night. And <laughs> I have to pride. And, well, and I have to understand yeah. that. Yeah. So it's a two way street. Yeah. And we're not just saying, hey, baby boomers, you have to bend over backwards for us. We mm-hmm. have to understand as millennials in the workforce, that it is a two way street. And again, yes. that is a leadership quality that mm-hmm. is developed. And, and those things have to be defined within the company. And there's yeah. not a book you can read. There's not a, you know, a, a, a process that you can go through from an off-the-shelf fix that is going to be able to, to define that. Well, and so much of it boils down to trust, too, you know, uh, uh, knowing that 
the person that you hired to get this particular job done is going to get it done, maybe not uh, during the hours and maybe not in the conventional methods that you were accustomed to, but that they'll get it done and that they're not playing on Facebook while they're logged in. And, you know, just I could go on and on about the trust issues, but, but that's a big thing and it, it can be hard to we make will, that leap. Millennials will actually, it's a study now, I'm not, this is just a random, uh, you know, fact. Uh, we've actually done studies on this. Millennials will actually work like 1.5 hours longer than any other generation, just not traditional hours. So yeah. as long as they're engaged, they're going to work. You know, if if you're, your employees playing on Facebook, one of two things happen. They're not engaged mm-hmm. or you made a bad hire. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, sure. it's, it, so those, and, and that's hard for people to understand. They made a mistake. Like mm-hmm. I made a bad hire or why aren't you just doing it? Well, I mean, <laughs> what are you asking them to do? Right. And, and, and how do we define those things? And that's how you get better. I mean, mm-hmm. that's how things are, are, are built on, on teams. It doesn't matter if it's on the sports field or in business. Right. You mentioned that as long as they're engaged and, you know, they'll, they'll work longer hours. One of the things that I've read a lot about, is, especially with the millennial generation, is that uh, they're, they're very much into, you know, causes that if, if there's something that's for the greater good that, or they perceive for the greater good, they're going to work that much harder at it. Is there really truth to that? Very much okay. so. They, they, they don't, the, uh, millennials don't believe in work life and personal life, like the work-life balance. Mm-hmm. We believe in life. Like there's no personal life or professional life. It's just life. And we want to be able to to interact and, and to be able to make a difference and not just, you know, be able to, oh, well, this is my work life and I have to cut this off and I have to, it, it's, it just, it hasn't worked for, ask any baby boomer how the work-life balance is working out for Oh, them. yeah, the strokes and the alcoholism and the, yeah, <laughs> it's just for you know, coping the, with the, that kind of life. The three martini yeah. lunch. I exactly. mean, you know, it, it, but it, again, it's, it's, it's something that's, it's different. And, and if you're going to really have a competitive advantage for your business moving forward for the next 30 years of, of business, it is I believe, and it's going to be based on how you're you're developing your future talent, and and right now uh, that's why you know we're in this space. Absolutely. If somebody wanted to get a copy of this book, Gen Y Now by Buddy Hobart and Herb Sendek, how would they get a copy? Uh, two ways: uh, our website www.solutions uh, 2121.com or www.genynow.com. That's the website for the book and the speaking engagements that those guys have done. So. Okay, so they'll come in and talk to your company as well. Yeah, we, we've done, uh, actually, uh, uh, Buddy, just he spoke in, in, in actually Lahore, Pakistan a couple years ago. We, we've, when I say literally around the world, this is a yeah. global phenomenon. Um, and and we've, we've gotten a chance to, to speak around the world, and Buddy is a tremendous speaker. Okay, so you can go to the website to get a copy of the book, find out more about Solutions 21. And if they'd like to talk with you, Tyler, how's the best way to reach you? Uh, again, I, uh, www.solutions21.com. Um, my email, uh, tpalko at solutions21.com. Um, all those, those things are, are on, the, uh, on the website. Um, we'd be more than happy to work with, with organizations, especially in the Kansas City area. I'm, Excited to be a part of uh, the community and, and um, you know, be back here after I spent two awesome years and, and I'm kind of happy my, my future bride drugged me back here. I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> we bought a beautiful home and, and excited to be um, involved in the community. Well, we're glad to have you here, too, and, and looking forward to maybe seeing you at some of the business events around the I city. I would love to. Uh, as well. So if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.